Neil Martin, a member of the British Parliament, was once giving a group of his constituents a guided tour of the Houses of Parliament. And during the course of the visit, that group happened to meet Lord Hailsham, who was then Lord Chancellor, wearing all the regalia of his office, the ceremonial wig, the gold-laced robes, the buckled shoes. And Hailsham recognized Neil Martin among the group and cried, Neil! And not daring to question or obey the command, the entire band of visitors promptly fell to their knees. (laughs) Upon Isaiah's vision of meeting God, he had an even greater feeling of awe and humility. And that sense of power and awe about God remain today. It's not just something that was there 2,800 years ago, prior to a serious surgery, a longtime Christian was asked whether she feared death. Oh, yes, she said readily. I can't imagine standing before the creator of the world. Meeting God can be terrifying. And so it seemed to Isaiah First, though, imagine a bride in her wedding dress. Often in this sanctuary, they come down this aisle, and they might have a very long train. But the image that we have in Isaiah is that the train of God's robe filled the whole temple. Not just the sanctuary, but the whole temple at Jerusalem. Divine creatures called seraphs were like lords and ladies in waiting, and one calls words of worship to the others. Hebrew doesn't have anything like holy est or holy er, no superlatives, and so they just say things three times. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That word holy is something that we really rarely use outside of the church, just like the word hallowed. It's something separate from things secular and profane. This is an idea of God beyond us, unlike us, untouchable, like da Vinci's Mona Lisa, protected by glass and guards from human corruption. We might even say from this passage that we are corrupt or polluted, impure, when compared to the grandeur of this holy God. But the paradox here is that God is not only separate. The seraph completes its cry with, The whole earth is full of God's glory. So God is there at a safe distance, but God is also here with us now. We attempt to bridge the distance with images to God to which we can relate. In their book, Found in the Middle, uh, the authors collect some biblical images through which we meet God. They say, God is likened in the Bible to various parts of nature, such as a whirlwind, a cloud, and a pillar of fire, to such animals as a hen, an eagle, and a lion. God is pictured as a tower, a shield, and a garment. God is described using social roles and activities, including creator, potter, shepherd, father, 
birthing mother and bridegroom. God has assigned human qualities and responses such as intelligence, will, memory, anger, and forgiveness. At worship, we gather to connect with this God who is both holy and distant and loving and close. Imagine the three steps of a waltz, which we practice on most Sundays. The first step is the recognition of our uncleanness. Isaiah suspects he's going to die in God's presence because of all of his unclean words and actions. And like Isaiah, we are a people of unclean lips. We are polluted in a way. You know, sometimes we still see those Save the Bay bumper stickers reminding us of the pollution that goes into rivers and then flows down into the bay, to the Chesapeake. And we get polluted in some ways, too. Just a few of us were talking recently about how when we're around people who cuss, it makes it a lot easier for us to cuss, too. And then what do we call that? Dirty mouth. Or sometimes we say people have a dirty mind. With words that offend or hurt, we also are people of unclean lips. If the first step of the waltz is the recognition of our uncleanness, the second step is confession. Just like we wash our face and hair on a, hopefully a semi-regular basis, our, our spirits need cleansing as well. For 43 years, Zinaida Bragantsova had been telling people there was a World War II bomb under her bed. The story actually began in 1941 when the Germans advanced toward the Ukrainian city of Berjyansk. One night at the start of the war, she was sitting by the window and sewing when suddenly a noise was heard and then a whistling close by. She got up and in the following moment she was struck by a blast of wind and knocked her out. When she came to, the sewing machine was gone And there was a hole in the floor, and then she noticed the one in the ceiling. Well, Zenaida couldn't get any officials to check out her story. They thought she just wanted a new apartment. So eventually she patched the hole in the floor, and then she moved her bed over it for the next 40 years. Well, then back in the 80s, phone cable was being laid. And so demolition experts were called in to probe for buried explosives. The smiling army lieutenant sent to talk to Mrs. Bragansova said, Where's your bomb, Grandma? No doubt under your bed? And she responded, Under the bed. Sure enough, there they found a 500-pound bomb. They evacuated the 2,000 people from surrounding buildings, and then the bomb squad detonated it. And according to the report from the AP, the grandmother, freed of her bomb, will soon receive a new apartment. Lee Eklov points out that many people are like that grandmother, with some, some form of, bo- of bomb under their bed. It might be a terrible secret. It might be a great hurt. 
It might be a seething anger that lays there for years while everyone else goes on about their business. But no one is safe until it's removed. If confession is the second step of the waltz, we don't have to wait for the third step to complete the box. The third step is forgiveness, cleansing forgiveness. In Isaiah's vision, a seraph brings a live coal from the altar of sacrifice and touches Isaiah's lips in a refining way to cleanse Isaiah of his impurities that keep him separate from the pure and holy God. The seraph speaks, now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. And so during worship, we recognize and confess our sins as a body of Christ. We have a silent moment to express to God those things we can't or don't yet confess to others. But that's two steps is an incomplete waltz. And so we have the third portion, that is the assurance of pardon, that this holy, separate, other God makes our guilt depart and blots out our sin like some great carpet cleaner, lifts it right out, and then cleanses us with forgiveness. And when God cleanses us, it's like getting a good ear cleaning from the doctor. It improves our hearing. We can hear God more clearly. Whom shall I send, God says, and who will go for us? Isaiah responds, here am I, send me. My mind went back to the 70s sitcom called Welcome Back, Cotter. Any of you remember this? Arnold Horshack, Horshack, who, when Cotter would ask a question, what would he do? Oh, 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 yes, thank you, Pam. Oh, I know the answer. Ooh, here I am. Call on me. Call on me to bring light to those in spiritual darkness. Call on me to relieve the pain of loneliness. Send me to help the person feel loved and accepted despite his weaknesses and mine. Send me to show God's cleansing forgiveness. Before everyone accepted credit cards, one shopper asked a clerk if that store honored credit cards. Honor them? He said, we worship them. (laughs) German philosopher Hegel said, life has value only when it has something valuable as its object. As we direct our praise and confession to God, as we have God as our object, and then respond to God's call, life takes on greater value. So our response to God's call is an act of worship. Whether it's coming here and worshiping together, whether it's going to a mountaintop and seeing God in the glory of creation, whether it's crying a tear when you hear a story that touches your heart, 
Worship can take place at all times. And we continue today around the table of communion. This is an act of worship for a body of Christ. And today we have the privilege of sharing in it again together. I invite us to a moment of prayer before we pass the peace of Christ and and share our Lord's Supper. Let's pray. God of love and God of power, we thank you for reaching out and touching us and for commissioning us to go out and share your love into our world where war seems bigger than peace, where darkness seems more oppressive than light. Help us, O God, to take the light of Christ and share it with others. We pray in his name. Amen.